0: Welcome everyone to the PFF Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, John Macri, Fantasy Analyst here at PFF, and it's another waiver wire Tuesday, also known as Patrick Kane signs with the Detroit Red Wings Day. But we're also heading into these crucial final two weeks of the fantasy regular season that are going to be huge for a lot of fantasy managers. So here to break down all the top waiver targets, PFF's lead fantasy analyst, Nathan Yonke. Nate, how's it going, sir?
1: Um, it's going well. It was a pretty good week. I did well in plenty of my fantasy leagues, including the Scott Fish Bowl. Very uh, easily advanced to the next round of the Scott Fish Bowl, so I was happy with that. Um, had Roshan Johnson get above 6.5 receiving yards very early in that game and well exceeded it in the first quarter, so I was happy to see that at least. Um, unfortunately, DJ Moore did not score his touchdown despite catching 11 passes for over 100 <laughs> yards. So. <laughs> that I, I went with you i also went with dj Moore scoring a touchdown because i was not including him in my showdown lineup so that just all didn't work out for me but at least i got johnson over 6.5 receiving yards
0: yeah at least we had that it, it wasn't a great night for really anytime touchdown betters across the board other than tj hawkinson right it was another mm-hmm. uh field goal party here on on monday night football the bears win it uh 12 to 10 um it was, uh, it was a game that happened, uh, I'll, I'll say that. So uh, <laughs> we'll see um, if there's any fantasy implications from it. Yeah, like you said, DJ Moore had a nice game, 11 catches, 114 yards on three targets. So that was always nice. Cole Komet also heavily involved in the Bears offense, seven targets, seven receptions, 43 yards. But um, the other bit of uh, Chicago uh, news here in, in the offense is that we had a bit of a shift in, in the backfield, Nate, uh, with Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert. What happened there?
1: Uh, yeah, first off, uh, Deontay Foreman, who has been heavily involved in this backfield and active for this game with both an ankle and chin injury. Um, the Bears do have their bye week this upcoming week, so a decent chance that Foreman could be back after the bye week. But between Johnson and Herbert, we did see Herbert start the game, but Johnson was pretty much the main running back over the course of the rest of the game, which was a bit surprising considering Herbert's playing time even last week coming back from injury. He saw a decent amount of work on early downs and Johnson has pretty well established himself as the receiving back for Chicago. It did seem like Chicago, their game plan was pretty much to throw the ball a lot almost immediately abandoned the run altogether. Uh, The Vikings have been one of the best teams at preventing uh, rushing yards to running backs this season, both in terms of rushing yards per game, rushing yards per attempt. So um, not all that surprising that Chicago focused on the pass. So some of this could have just been the game plan that they knew they were going to be passing the ball, so leave their receiving back on the field almost all of the time. But it could just be that uh, they think Johnson is – ready to have a bigger role in the rushing game and uh he ran the ball significantly in the second half of the game so Herbert also still got on the field here and there still ran the ball a couple times and i don't think johnson was all that more effective of a runner as herbert in this game but I think it'll be something where Chicago does have their bye week. And then after that point, they do have a pretty rough stretch of games, Uh, Detroit, Cleveland, Arizona, and Atlanta, over the course of the rest of the fantasy season. Uh, Three of those four have been fairly good at stopping fantasy running backs this season. And if it's a three-man committee, that's not great. But we are going to be talking about waiver wires later. And Johnson, just by the fact that he played Roughly 75% of the offensive snaps, there's not going to be many running backs that you can get off the waiver wire that um, at least have a chance to play the majority of their team's offensive snaps without an injury in their next game. So just by default, Johnson is one of the top waiver wire running backs, even though his schedule is not great, and he has a bye week next week.
0: Yeah, it's hard to ignore that usage. Right. And then that's kind of going to be the main thing here. here is the volume that we're after. And and we'll see what happens coming out of their bye week. Obviously, we won't know this week since they're off. But, you know, it, it's something at least to kind of keep in in mind here, because that is a, a pretty significant shift towards uh, Roshan Johnson as far as the usage goes. Um, so we'll see if, if Khalil Herbert was was banged up or still not 100 percent or or what. But um, definitely some encouraging numbers, at least for Roshan Johnson's uh, purposes. Um, Anything else for the Chicago offense uh, for you, or, or would you rather talk about Minnesota?
1: Oh, yeah, I have a little note, even though it didn't really matter for fantasy this week and probably won't for this year, but uh, Tyler Scott, the Bears' fourth-round rookie wide receiver, has had a pretty significant role at times this season. He was their third wide receiver when Aquanomist St. Brown was on injured reserve, and then over the previous two weeks uh, when St. Brown was back, we saw a bit of rotation where Tyler Scott was still getting pretty heavily involved, rotating in for not just St. Brown, but also for Darnell Mooney. So Mooney, who's been a pretty big disappointment for fantasy football purposes this season anyway, Mooney started seeing his playing time decline. But in this game, Scott was back to his role early in the season. If anything, he was playing fewer snaps than he was playing at the start of the season. Uh That left... Uh, st brown seeing his usual amount of playing time that he would have seen before landing on injured reserve also left mooney seeing his usual amount of playing time of what he was seeing before these previous two weeks so um Mooney only caught two passes for six yards st brown and scott were not targeted so this doesn't matter all that much for fantasy leagues if none of those wide receivers outside of dj moore are going to see any targets but at least Mooney is seeing the playing time again that he was seeing earlier, that there's a chance he could see more targets,
0: but it seems like a long shot at this point. Fair. Um, All right. And then on the Viking side of things, still no Justin Jefferson, uh, unfortunately. And then Josh Dobbs throws uh, four interceptions. So that was also unfortunate, Um, but TJ Hawkinson, 50 yards and a touchdown outside of that, anything from Minnesota uh, worth talking about here, Nate?
1: Uh, The Vikings' backfield, it was the same kind of stuff that we've been seeing all season. We saw Madison see double the snaps of Chandler last week, and then this week it was pretty much back to a rotation. There were some drives where it was one running back for the entire drive, other drives were both running backs all time, so no really clear pattern of what they were doing as usual. Um, Over the first half of the game, Chandler ended up with one more snap than Madison, uh, largely because there was one drive in particular that – Uh, Chandler was on the field for and that was a longer drive Uh, but then in the second half Madison started breaking a few longer runs so Madison was playing decently well to start the third quarter so he ended up with a bit more playing time in the second half of the game Uh, so right now it's Madison in the lead but the Vikings have their bye week next week as well wouldn't be surprised if Chandler again gets decently involved next week and is just a case of if one of these running back gets really hot there's a chance that they could win the starting job outright but
0: so far that hasn't happened
1: for either running back
0: all right so there you go uh that is our monday night football recap and like you said both teams heading into a bye week here in week 13. And hopefully that means Justin Jefferson is coming back after the bye week um, We could at least hope for the fantasy playoff. So, um, all right, before we get into the waiver wire targets, a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Fabric by Gerber Life. Fall is all about the back-to-school and back-to-routine checklist. And the most important task on that list should be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to cover it in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com/fantasy. That's meetfabric.com/fantasy. M E E T fabric.com/fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, Nate. We're getting to that point now in the season. We're just two short weeks away from the fantasy playoffs. Not a great time if you if you plan on taking your foot off the gas, so you're making those rosters vulnerable at the most crucial part of the season here. We're going to lock up some depth, develop some backup plans, make those rosters ironclad heading into the final stretch here. Waivers are going to be a key part of that. So, Nate, let's get into it. Start off at the quarterback, quarterback position, uh, as we always do, and kick things off with the hero of Thanksgiving, Jordan Love, who was robbed of a sideline turkey, by the way, after throwing for three touchdowns on Thanksgiving and defeating the Lions. Um, Fox did this man dirty. So the least we can do is add him off the waiver wire and make him a part of a fantasy football championship roster. Nate, the man deserved a turkey link. Yeah,
1: I have plenty of good things to say about love, but I do want to summarize this week with waivers in general because I think it's a really weird week for waivers. Um, There are six teams on bye week, so uh, fantasy managers are probably more desperate than usual to find some waiver wire targets. And this week, it's a lot of the same names that we've been talking about there will be one or two guys at each position that are available in just over 50 percent of espn leagues so the very best players we're talking about might not be available in your league but it's at least worth checking uh, we're including some guys that are specifically because there's six teams on bye weeks but it's not great options and then there were plenty of players who had good weeks this past week like tyler higby scored two touchdowns jalen hyatt over 100 receiving yards but there are guys like that where we've seen exactly what they've done all season long it's pretty clear that this last week was the anomaly and it's not a trend of things to come since higby's playing time didn't change his yards and targets didn't change he just happened to find the end zone twice uh jaylen hyatt all season long has been Uh, More of a deep threat. There have been games where he's done basically nothing. There's been games where he's made one big play. It was just in this game he was able to make more than one big play. So there are guys like that who had big games that we're not including because we don't expect them to continue. So a lot of guys where it's very important to pay attention to what your roster needs and uh, pick waivers accordingly. But like you said with Jordan Love, excellent game this past week uh 268 yards uh, three touchdowns and the big thing is his pff grade was the best it's been all season and really these past four weeks have been uh, much better than they were early in the season and 84 grade over the past four weeks compared to 65.2 over the first eight weeks So I think this has been pretty dependable, what we've been seeing out of Love. Uh, At least 18 fantasy points the last three weeks, and the Packers have a relatively uh, nice schedule over the rest of the season. Uh, It'll be a rough game against Kansas City this upcoming week, but uh, after that point, it should be some fairly good matchups where he can be in fantasy starting lineups. So Love, hopefully, in a lot of leagues, you've listened to us the past couple weeks and already picked him up, but... If not now, is the probably last time that you'll be able to get him.
0: Yeah, it's been nice to see the the improved play. We talked about that uh, the last week as well, and it just has, has continued here. So nice to see for for Jordan Love. And you never know. It looks like Christian Watson may be coming alive now as well. He had his best game of the season, touchdowns and back to back games for him. Jaden Reed's balling out. Romeo Dubs all of a sudden touchdown magnet this year. Um, even though he didn't get one on Thursday, but still. These guys have all been clicking. So really nice to see there for Jordan love and the Packers. Um, all right, next up another quarterback with some really good weapons to throw to and a uh, history of big time performances as well. Rostered in just 31% of leagues, uh, Matthew Stafford of the Los Angeles Rams.
1: Uh, yeah, Stafford had a pretty interesting game through the four touchdown passes with Pukunukua and Cooper Cup, both on the injury report. Both of them play their usual amount, but only combined for seven receptions for 45 yards. It was a lot of Kyron Williams, a lot of Tyler Higbee scoring the touchdowns. And then Tutu Atwell, like we were talking about yesterday, ended up leading the team in receiving yards with a couple big plays. But Stafford is really someone who is very consistently been outside of the top 14 fantasy quarterback week in and week out. He's just thrown a decent amount of yards and thrown a touchdown or two. So he's been very consistent most of the time, just not consistently above that top 12 mark for a quarterback. Has two very rough matchups these next few weeks against the Browns and the Ravens, the top two teams at preventing fantasy points to quarterbacks. So the one reason he is on this list is because that first week of the fantasy playoffs, he's going up against the Washington Commanders, who have a lot of the most points to fantasy quarterbacks. So Stafford was almost like those guys I was just talking about a minute ago, of guys that we've seen what they can do all season, just happen to have a good week. But I am leaving him on this list because he does play the commander, so he has a chance of being a fantasy starter, specifically that first week of the playoffs. So if you are looking a little ahead to um, who you might be starting in future weeks and know specifically you need a quarterback for that week, uh, Stafford, someone to consider.
0: Yeah, I like this one as like a matchup dependent play, right? And like you said, tough matchups the next two weeks, but a very favorable one here in week 15. And and I wrote about him in the O-line D-line matchups to target and avoid this past week as well, because um, he has been a decent matchup dependent quarterback at times and had his best fantasy game of the, the season this year. And their offensive line, too, has been playing better as of late, too, and, and can take advantage of some positive matchups. So Washington being one of those teams who now doesn't have Chase Young and Montez Sweat rushing off. The the edge um that could be an advantage for them as well uh in week 15 so um nate another quarterback that we've talked about a few times on this show uh the last few weeks is Derek carr of the new orleans saints rostered in 22.7 percent of espn leagues
1: uh yeah he's another one of those quarterbacks that's been fairly consistent just a little ahead of stafford for most of the season um fairly consistently in the top 10 to 15 range among fantasy quarterbacks week in and week out. And we've been talking about him for probably a month now just because of his schedule, Uh, probably has one of the better matchups this week against the Detroit Lions, where Detroit has allowed the sixth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season, and Detroit's been winning most of their games. So a lot of teams are throwing a lot late in games, which has been helping. So this looks like a great time for Carr a week ago, but then Carr lost Michael Thomas to injured reserve. And then Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed, uh, both injured this past week. And there's a decent chance that they don't have any of their top three wide receivers for this game. Uh, despite that Carr is probably still one of the better options. If you are desperate for a quarterback this week, um, the wide receiver options aren't great, but they still have the tight ends they can throw to. They still have Alvin Kamara that Carr can throw to. So Carr's been able to make things work with, uh, pretty random wide receivers at points throughout his career um like stafford Carr does not have any of that rush any rushing potential whatsoever so he's not going to have that like top six top eight upside but if you need a fantasy quarterback for this week or have other points in the
0: season where you need a quarterback Carr is probably someone you can look to yeah. Like you said, six teams on a bye this week. So uh, plus all the injuries at quarterback, uh, desperate times, right. And, and Derek Carr has been solid at least, and hopefully gets his wide receivers back. I, I don't know about Chris Olave at least shouldn't be a long-term injury, but, um, Rashid Shaheed, we'll see what happens there as well. But nice having that deep threat in the lineup. If he's available, um, Last quarterback here, Nate Gardner Minshew uh, rostered in just 7% of ESPN leagues. Another one we talked about for a couple of weeks and may not have thrown a touchdown this past week, but he did rush one in after uh, juking Devin White out of his cleats and getting in the end zone there. So that was cool to see. And uh, someone with a, a nice fantasy schedule here in the final weeks of the season, too.
1: Uh, yeah, someone that I feel like spent on this list for at least the last two months at this point. Um, got Josh Downs back, which was great to see as well. Targeted Downs a lot. Didn't end up with a ton of receptions, but I think that'll help the offense going forward. And like you said, the schedule is the big thing for him. He's been kind of inconsistent from one week to the next in terms of his fantasy production. But I always like to include at least someone available in over 90% of ESPN leagues. And Minshew has pretty consistently been the clear guy that I would trust if you... Are in one of those leagues where the guys that we usually talk about are taken um three of indianapolis's next four opponents have, al- uh, have allowed a decent amount of fantasy points to quarterbacks uh, this includes and in the fantasy playoffs going up against atlanta who have allowed the fifth most points so Um, some pretty good matchups ahead so that's the big thing with him plus his receivers have been getting more healthy recently so I think with the healthy receivers he should be able to have some good performances in the playoffs but again ideally you aren't desperate for a quarterback at this point uh haven't had a ton of quarterback injuries at least this week so hopefully you don't need a quarterback but if
0: you do and are in one of those leagues where most are taking Minchu's the guy there you go. Um, all right, let's head to the running backs now and a few good ones available here. Um, and we'll start at the top who Chuba Hubbard of the Carolina Panthers rostered in 48.5% of ESPN league. So just under that 50% threshold, but still pretty widely available and and has been showing some promising uh, numbers here as far as playing time and everything goes. So uh, what do we like about Chuba Hubbard?
1: Uh, yeah, he was recently dropped in a number of leagues since Miles Sanders had slowly but surely crept back up to 50% of offensive snaps. But in this game, uh, Raheem Blackshear was a healthy and active, so that was the first good thing to see, that they only uh, wanted two running backs on the active roster, so that kind of helped the floors of both players. And then we saw uh, Chuba Hubbard um, out-snap Miles Sanders in most situations, outside of short-yarded situations, so... um saw over 20 snaps more so close to two to one split which was good to see especially Hubbard taking the goal line snaps and this was kind of the opposite of what we saw last week last week it was Sanders seeing the goal line snaps and Hubbard getting the short yarded situation so both players are capable of doing both um, a lot of teams when they have a running back rotation where the running backs are used kind of interchangeably it's a rotation by drive but we've seen Carolina kind of rotate every couple of plays, what these two running backs are doing. And like we mentioned at the end of the podcast yesterday, Carolina did fire uh, head coach Frank Reich. They made other changes on the coaching staff as well, including uh, firing the running backs coach. So we could see some changes in how they are using their running backs going forward. But considering Miles Sanders had connections to both uh, Deuce Daly and Frank Reich with their time in Philadelphia, if anything, I'd expect Hubbard to be more of the clear guy now that some um, people that were advocates for Miles Sanders are no longer on the coaching staff.
0: Yeah, makes sense. And and like you said, um Hubbard obviously getting back up to 64% of snaps this past week. he was closer to that 50% range the the past couple of weeks with Miles Sanders in there, but it does help that he's, he's played better than, than, than Sanders. He's been more efficient pretty much across the board, right? Better yards per carry, better yards after contact per attempt, better explosive run rate, better yards per route run uh, as a receiver as well. So everything kind of pointing in, in favor of Chuba Hubbard. And we'll see if yeah the coaching staff kind of leans into him a little bit more now. So um, definitely promising stuff there for, for Chuba Hubbard. Um all right next up a uh, popular name from a few weeks ago uh Baltimore's Keaton Mitchell uh who is rostered in 33.6% of ESPN leagues yeah, he definitely set the bar high in week 9 um has been relatively quiet compared to that but he has seen his role steadily increase uh, in each week then uh since then and and may very well continue to rise after the team's bye week this coming week so Nate how are we feeling about uh Keaton Mitchell going forward
1: I'm feeling pretty good. It's been a pretty uh, linear increase in snaps each week. Go played roughly 50% of early down snaps a week ago, and now he's over 50% of snaps has been really cutting into Gus Edwards playing time. Uh, Justice Hill also cut into Edwards playing time specifically on third down. So it's Edwards. That's really getting a little bit more phased out of the offense. Uh, Mitchell played well, average, has averaged six yards or more per carry in three of his games this season. Edwards has only done that twice this season, so it's been pretty clear that Mitchell's been the more effective running back than Edwards, but um, it's been Baltimore trying to get more comfortable with having Mitchell as their main running back. And it seems like they are slowly but surely getting more comfortable. And like you said, with the bye week this week, that gives them even more time to get Mitchell more involved in the offense. I think it would be huge if he starts to get more involved in passing situations since Justice Hill uh, hasn't done a ton as a receiver. And Mitchell has made a couple big plays, not necessarily this past week, but previous weeks in the passing game. So uh, possible we see Mitchell take a bigger role there so someone who has slowly but surely uh reached the point where he's probably a top 30 fantasy running back just based on what we know about his playing time but I think the potential is still there for him to take a much bigger role in this offense so that's what we've kind of been banking on since we've started talking about him is his role keeps expanding and yet might not have it be expanding as quick as some fantasy managers might like but it's
0: been a pretty nice progression
1: each and every week since he joined the active roster
0: yeah. Like you said, the, the progression in, in snaps has been very clear and look, the team's going to have a bye week So hopefully it's a, it's a little bit of a bigger jump after that. If we can get into that 60 to 65% of snap range, obviously that, that would make us feel a lot more comfortable about starting him and he's been explosive and efficient. So we, we obviously love that. Even if he isn't necessarily getting those snaps, if we have to play him, um, he could break off a nice uh, big play every once in a while there too. So yeah, um, Next names on the list, a couple that we already covered here uh, at the top. Roshan Johnson of the Chicago Bears rostered in 22% of ESPN leagues and Ty Chandler of the Minnesota Vikings rostered in 45% of ESPN leagues. So we did talk about them at the top. We don't necessarily have to dive too deep into into them here, um, Nate, but maybe we could talk about uh, a player that we kind of touched on yesterday of the New England Patriots. It's Ezekiel Elliott. So we talked about Ramondre Stevenson's kind of growing role um, or at least – his role coming back to what we were kind of hoping for Ramondre Stevenson last week. So what do we still like about uh, Ezekiel Elliott here um, going forward?
1: Uh, We mostly like his matchup this upcoming week. Um, Like we mentioned, there's six teams on a bye week and there are a number of players that we were just talking about that are part of those players that have a bye week this week. So I wanted to make sure that I included at least one player who's available and at least, Uh, 60% of ESPN leagues that if you are desperate for a running back this week, for whatever reason, Elliot's the best of a lot of bad options, basically Um, since a lot, it's been a weird year for, or it's been a weird in a good way year for running backs in that not a lot of running backs have been uh, getting and staying injured. Uh, We saw JK Dobbins and Nick Chubb at the very start of the season, but those are the two main running backs that at this point of the season are injured. Uh, Aaron Jones has had the lingering injury for a while. So um, Jones is the other player who we don't know what his status is. But outside of that, most backfields have been relatively healthy. And a lot of the rookie running backs were getting involved in the offense early in the season. So we really haven't had the running backs that are available off the waiver wire like we have in past years where each week it seems like someone's injured. So there's this backup running back that's a huge waiver wire add. And we haven't had that for a few weeks now. So Elliot, we were talking about him yesterday because his role has been decreasing, not staying on the field for too many plays at a time. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson taking all of the third down work, uh, all of the two-minute drill work. And so Elliot is largely just restricted to every other drive on early downs, as long as it's not the two-minute drill. But that's still been enough time for him to run the ball at least a decent amount of times each game, Um Ran nine times for forty-six yards and caught two passes for six yards this past week against a Giants defense. And this week faces the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Chargers uh, have allowed plenty of fantasy points to running backs this season. Uh, they don't have the greatest record, so the Patriots should at least be able to stay close in this game. If not, like I expect the chargers to win but there's a chance the patriots uh could end up winning the game even with the quarterback situation where we don't know who's going to be starting at quarterback but because of the quarterback situation they are relying even more on the run game so even though stevenson is the clear top guy at this point probably a top 10 rest of season running back but elliot is getting enough time that you should see uh, almost double digit carries there's a chance he sees double digit carries that the game script is going the right way this week so i know that's not great there are plenty of other running backs that would rather be starting this week but if you are looking at the waiver wire uh for the guys that we already talked about or specifically just chuba hubbard if hubbard isn't available then i think Elliott's probably going to be the best option available on the waiver wire
0: yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that makes perfect sense. And yeah, like you said, um, not a lot of injuries at, at the running back position this year. Hopefully you didn't jinx that. Um, if, if you did, I, I know who to talk to if I lose one of my starting running backs here. Uh, but in case you did, uh, we do have a number of um, handcuff running backs as well that we can look to target. And again, like if you have the starters on these teams, you want to make sure that you have the backups as well at this point in the season here um, to make sure that those rosters have no holes and that you can have the next man up if needed so uh, a few names here that we we've touched on a, a couple times on this show but tajay spears of the tennessee titans rostered in 34.5 percent of espn leagues kenneth gainwell of the philadelphia eagles rostered at 15.6 percent um l- let's start with those two uh, uh first nate anything else that you want to expand upon for for those two backup running backs
1: I don't think I have much because we've talked about them the last couple weeks. They haven't really been doing all that much in their offenses currently. This is completely about um, if there is an injury to a starter and you're in a league where you have a decent amount of bench spots and um, we have bye weeks this week, but if you've reached a point where some of the backups on your roster, if you're not going to be playing them again at any point this season, Almost regardless of the situation, a lot of backup quarterbacks or tight ends or just wide receivers who are starters, just not as good as the other starters you have on your roster, then it's better to use your bench spots for players who have a chance to be a fantasy star if something happens. So with J Spears, if something were to happen to Derrick Henry, then Spears would be the clear guy. He's been playing very well. In as limited opportunities and the titans have a great schedule they play the houston texans uh, twice during the fantasy playoffs so plenty of opportunities for spears in those games and similarly gain well uh the eagles play the seahawks giants and cardinals all or two of those three games where the Eagles should have pretty big leads and should be able to run the ball a ton so Should be great games for DeAndre Swift, but if something were to happen to Swift and he were to get injured and he does have that history of injuries, then it would be Gainwell, who's a clear starter in Philadelphia and getting all these opportunities. So uh, both guys who I think could be top 10 fantasy running backs, if something were to happen to the starter, just if the starter stays healthy, then they aren't going to do anything fantasy football wise.
0: Makes sense, and then uh, a couple of other names here for for deeper leagues as well. Um, Leonard Fournette of the Buffalo Bills rostered in five point six percent of leagues, and and Zamir White of the Las Vegas Raiders available in ninety nine percent of leagues. So um, again, we know Zamir White being that that handcuff for for Josh Jacobs potentially. We haven't seen Leonard Fournette uh, yet this season, but like you said uh, a few a a couple episodes ago, um, there's at least the potential there that he works in. So uh, anything else to add for for these two guys?
1: Um, White's the exact same category as the two guys we just talked about. It's just he's available in more leagues, so try to have different players that are available in different amounts of leagues. And then Fournette's interesting. There was a report a little over a week ago that he was going to have big-time consideration to be called up for that game, was not called up for that game, was not called up this past (laughs) week from the practice squad. So don't really know exactly what the Bills are waiting for. Or Fournette's just not looking all that great on the practice squad. Or maybe they just want to keep him as fresh as they can for the end of the season. But the Bills are at this point almost on the outside looking in on the playoffs. So they can't really save him for the playoffs if they're not going to make the playoffs. So he's been on this list for a couple weeks now. He's been slowly but surely moving down this list. So... Um, It'll be interesting to see if he does get caught up from the practice squad at some point, but there's just like I was saying before so few options of running backs who look like they could become fantasy starters at some point without an injury. Fournette's just one of the probably the longest shot of the guys we have mentioned, but just someone who could become the starter on their team without an injury, but there's not that many of those situations so fournette at least someone worth considering, especially if a lot of the guys we talked about are already
0: on rosters. Yeah, makes sense. The Bills six and six. Uh, it'll be hard to be playoff Lenny if they can't get in, but maybe he could be fantasy playoff Lenny um, if he does get a chance here uh, in the next few weeks. But um, all right, before we go on to the wide receivers, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. Um, Prize Picks is a skill based, real money, daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players. If they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can get up to twenty five times your money on any entry. So um, I'll start us off here. And I picked uh, Ramondre Stevenson going over 57 and a half rushing yards. Um, Nate, we talked about uh, him yesterday on the podcast, his usage kind of increasing here a little bit we like the matchup against the chargers who aren't as bad against the run as they were last year, but still just about league average in that regard. So it's a nice matchup for them um, for, for Stevenson given chargers, given up 4.2 yards per carry Ramondre Stevenson has had over 85 rushing yards in three straight games uh, heading into this week now. So um, like the chances here for him to kind of go over uh, 57 and a half rushing yards. Uh, How about you?
1: Um, I will also go with the rushing yards, but I will go with uh, DeAndre Swift, less than 56.5 yards, going up against the 49ers defense. Uh, Swift has gotten at least 57 rushing yards in most games this season, but uh, the Eagles really have been in a lot of close games, but their one loss is the time that Swift uh, only had 18 rushing yards uh, on two other close games. He was... Uh, have less than 56.5 rushing yards and they are going up against the 49ers defense who have allowed the fewest rushing yards so far this season Um, wouldn't be surprised if this is one of the worst game scripts that the Eagles have had this season so one where they should be passing the ball a lot more or at least uh, Jalen Hurts dropping back to pass and potentially running the ball Uh, Kenneth Gainwell is still rotating in a decent amount of the time so Swift Uh, That's still been enough for him to get double digit carries, often closer to 14 or 15 carries. But there's been some games where he hasn't been running the ball as much, um, particularly when they played Kansas City and that uh, great game. He only ran the ball 12 times. He did a great job running the ball, and those 12 times got 76 rushing yards. But I could see this being a game where he's not running the ball as much as usual. And facing a run defense that has been doing a great job at stopping the run, so could see Swift very well not having as big of a game, and them relying a lot more on their passing options.
0: Makes sense. Uh, at Price picks, you aren't competing against other people; it's just you versus the projections. Go to PrizePix.com/slash PFF Fantasy and use code PFF Fantasy for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Again, that's PrizePix.com/slash PFF Fantasy and use code PFF Fantasy for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. All right, let's move to the wide receiver position where there are some solid options here to consider. And starting with Jaden Reed of the Green Bay Packers rostered in 31.5% of ESPN leagues. Nate, um, we still very much like Jaden Reed and he's still pretty widely available. Uh yeah, he's
1: someone that I've struggled with for a number of weeks just because I was uh, having a hard time seeing kind of the path forward for Reed since he's been. A consistent role, their slot wide receiver all season long, but Romeo Dobbs had been scoring plenty of touchdowns. Christian Watson's still there. Um, A big thing is Luke Musgrave, who has been their tight end, who has been also making big plays in the middle of the field. Uh, He is on injured reserve. We're not sure if he will return to the Packers this season. So Reed was someone who put up big numbers in a couple games, but I wanted to see it a little bit more consistently, and he's been doing it more consistently. Uh, Scored a touchdown on Thanksgiving, third straight game that he's done well, and a big part of this as well is Jordan Love, who we were talking about at the start of the show. He's been playing a lot better and a lot more consistently recently. And recently in the season. So Reed was seeing a decent amount of targets throughout the year, just not always quality targets. And now those targets are starting to be a little bit higher quality. Uh, he's also running the ball more, only ran the ball twice over the first uh, uh, 10 weeks of the season, uh, ran the ball twice this past week, three times the week before. So also starting to have a higher floor because he's running with the football. So I think he's someone who uh, he's scored, I think, the 11th most fantasy points since week seven, which has been great. So I think Reed is someone that even though the Packers have other wide receiver options on the outside, he's someone that I'm really starting to trust at this point. And um, like you can see, if you're watching right now, uh, his big playability has been huge this season among some very good wide receivers and how often he's been getting 30-yard plays
0: uh, based on his routes run. Yeah, he's been great and and like you said his involvement in the offense has been nice and it's helped potentially him with, with Aaron Jones out getting some options there to to run the ball as well and 27% target rate in week 12 he's had over 20% target rate in 3 of his last 4 games so um really nice uh numbers there for for Jaden Reed if we're looking to put him into lineups here um and then another rookie slot wide receiver who we liked quite a bit. Also paired with one of our, our waiver wire quarterbacks here for, for the home stretch uh, is Josh Downs of the Indianapolis Colts. So rostered in 47% of ESPN leagues. Um, Josh Downs had, had his uh, snaps go up, back up uh, this week coming out of the bye as well.
1: Uh, yeah, he's another one of those players that was uh, taken in at least 50% of leagues just a couple weeks ago, but he had slowly but surely been getting dropped from leagues, uh, the Colts or down suffered an injury in week nine. Uh, His playing time was very restricted in week 10, even though he played, and then the Colts had their bye week in week 11. So a three week stretch where he was no longer fantasy relevant, but uh, from weeks five to week eight, he scored 66.5 PPR points, which ranked 11th among wide receivers. So was playing very well before the injury. Uh, saw plenty of targets this past week uh, didn't get as quite as many catches as we would have liked to see but i think he is capable of rebounding to be the player that he was before the injury uh, when he was scoring plenty of fantasy points and like we said earlier the Colts have a fairly good schedule over the rest of the season so i think downs is capable of being a fantasy starter again but he also and uh taken in a lot of leagues so someone just to see if he was dropped by whomever in your fantasy league over the past week or two.
0: Yeah. Like you said, 13 targets in week 12 and obviously just the five catches. But like you said, there's also a favorable match um, schedule here going forward. So I mean, 13 targets, we can't ask for more than that. It should be uh, continuing to be heavily involved there in the offense, which we we, we love to see. Um, another player who's also been heavily involved in the offense here is uh, Demario Douglas of the New England Patriots, rostered in 31.8% of leagues. He's dealing with a possible concussion, obviously. So not sure what his status is going to be for this week, but still somebody that. That we like your rest of seasoning
1: oh uh, yeah was barely consistently the top wide receiver we were mentioning but the injury uh, has knocked him down a little bit uh, he was targeted nine times for the second straight week caught six passes for a second straight week and then uh, missed the fourth quarter due to a concussion he suffered on a punt return so uh he very well could miss the next game but i would expect him back uh sometime later or hopefully he just misses the one game and is back for the rest of the season uh, simply the Patriots' top wide receiver. He's been seeing targets regardless of who's that quarterback. So generally, uh, the top wide receiver for a team should be on fantasy rosters, and I think Douglas fits that description. So not someone who can help you if you're looking for a wide receiver this week, most likely, although if he does end up playing, uh, facing the Chargers, that should be a fairly good matchup for him. So if he does play, then I think he's is someone who could be in fantasy starting lineups, but not expecting him this week. So more so picking
0: him up for what he can do over the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, 41% target rate before he went out 31% the week prior, definitely a big part of that offense. Whenever it it does become a real offense, um, there's, there's definitely potential there for Demario Douglas. Um, All right, let's talk about uh, an interesting rookie option who, who hasn't, quite pop just yet but a second round pick um there's some potential there for sure nate jonathan mingo of the carolina panthers rostered in 7.6 percent of espn leagues
1: oh yeah he's someone who's been on this list before just because he's been a starter for carolina the entire season consistently playing at least 90 percent of offensive snaps but his target share has just been fairly low in a number of games this season But he is coming off his best game uh, 60 receiving yards caught four of six passes thrown his way so that was a step in the right direction and like we've been saying all podcasts there's been or there are six teams on bye weeks this week and some of the guys that we've talked about either might not be available in your league or might not be playing this upcoming week so mingo is the one guy who i would consider specifically for this week if you're in one of these deeper leagues and are desperate for a wide receiver Uh, the panthers are playing the tampa bay buccaneers this week they've allowed the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers this season so that's been a big reason why i'm considering mingo right now is for those leagues where you're desperate for a wide receiver and just need someone who is going to be on the field and hopefully seeing some targets and isn't a good matchup so mingo fits that and then We also know that they are made changes to the coaching staff. So there is a chance that the new coaching staff might favor Mingo more than the previous coaching staff was. So there's a chance that he could uh, start doing better because of that and coming off his best game. But there is also a chance that they might rotate their wide receivers more than they've been doing in the past. So a little bit risky there, but if you are that desperate for a wide receiver, you'll need to take a risk regardless.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's for deeper leagues too, right? Like it, it, that that's the thing you're looking for here. And, and I mean, he's, he's had at least five targets in, in three straight games, like you said, re- led the team in receiving this past week, but it's a team looking to the future here, obviously. So, so Mingo needs to kind of showcase his ability here. Hopefully he's had the playing time all year, but now is a good time to start showing that he can be a key contributor for this team beyond this year so he's just been fairly quiet with that playing time most of the year um you know offense obviously hasn't been great but some of that's been on him as well um but there's definitely uh, some potential there for those deeper leagues, like you said in a nice matchup this week um okay another waiver wire wide receiver here to pair with one of our waiver wire uh quarterbacks um who uh, hopefully he's okay dealing with that injury rashid shahid of the new orleans saints uh, rostered in 32.9 percent of espn leagues
1: yeah, he's someone that we liked in particular because Michael Thomas is now an injured reserve, but now Shahid is also injured, uh, unlikely to play this week, so that's not a great sign, but I think Shahid could be uh, pretty big for fantasy leagues, assuming he is able to come back sooner rather than later. Um, We did see before his injury in this game that they were getting him even more involved in the offense. He played nine of the team's first 11 snaps on the first two drives, so Shahid was a bit more of a rotational player throughout this year, but it seemed like with Thomas out, they were ready to have him be one of the clear top two wide receivers on the team his target rate was fairly high two weeks ago when Thomas suffered his injury and was very high this week as well uh, before the injuries started affecting him. So um, I think Shahid, he needs to get healthy, but I think once he is healthy, given the Saints uh, injuries to the wide receiver position elsewhere and with the schedule they have, I think Shahid could be a fantasy starter, but again, not someone you can rely on this week and, there's a chance his injury could affect him for more than one week. So a risky player, but I think someone who could pay off big time, Epi does end up getting healthy.
0: Yeah, and, and hopefully he does, right? And hopefully this is just the one week thing. And I'm, I'm sure he'll be on the list next week as well if it isn't a serious injury too, right? He just it adds a little, you know, with Michael Thomas on IR, we at least get a little bit of a production floor to his potential, right, to make those big plays. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, he becomes a very enticing fantasy option on a weekly basis. So there is enough to like about Rashid Shaheed that hopefully if when he's healthy, um, he could be somebody that we're, we're putting in fantasy lineups here uh, for the, the rest of the season. Um, Last name on the wide receiver list. Another rookie wide receiver. It is Michael Wilson of the Arizona Cardinals, who is rostered in just 6.4% of ESPN leagues. We know that he missed the past two weeks. He's only had the one game with Kyler Murray, but still there's some potential there um, for him in this offense.
1: Yeah, we've talked about him for several weeks at this point and just excited about what he can potentially do with Murray once they do start playing. And the good news is Murray has been playing decently well so far this season. Uh, Could very well be a top 10 quarterback for fantasy purposes the rest of the season. Uh, Decent schedule over the rest of the year. Not a perfect schedule, but still better than most uh, wide receivers and he just needs to get healthy with that shoulder injury that's kept him out these past couple weeks. So hopefully Wilson is able to get healthy. Hopefully he gets back to his usual amount of playing time, even though Greg Dortch has been playing decently well uh, with Wilson out. But hopefully Wilson gets back to his playing time and as a deep threat is able to make some big plays with with Murray at quarterback.
0: Yeah, that would be nice to see for sure. Um, All right, let's go to the tight end position here. And we'll start with a guy that was the tight end one Um, this past week. He had, what, 11 targets, nine catches, 120 yards. Uh, Pat Fryermuth of the Pittsburgh Steelers rostered in 41.8% of ESPN leagues.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, this one felt good since we've been including him on this tight end list for a while now. Even before he came back from the injury, knowing that he was capable of having big games, so this was excellent to see him get his 100 yards. Um, his playing time really didn't change all that much. Uh, still isn't playing as much as we saw at times, uh, either earlier this year or at times last year. But the Steelers are fine rotating him out significantly, primarily in run situations, which means he doesn't get as many routes as some other tight ends, but still gets targeted on and up routes to make up for it, and was targeted on 44% of his routes this week, so not really expecting him to get targeted on 40% of routes again anytime soon, but the schedule is fairly nice for him. According to our strength of schedule tool, fourth best uh, schedule for tight ends over the rest of the year, ninth best during the fantasy playoffs. And a lot of those teams that have uh, excellent schedules for tight ends are those teams that have like three man rotations, four man rotations at tight end. So not a lot of tight ends will be taking advantage of the great matchups they have. So I think Fryermuth can be a fantasy starter over the rest of the way, especially with some of the injuries we've had at tight end. Um, some other guys that we've considered top 10 tight ends really haven't been producing much recently. So I think Fryermuth uh can be a pretty big back to the rest of the season. So hopefully he's available in your league, especially if you've been hurting at tight end or your tight end that you've been starting hasn't been working out for you.
0: Yeah, I like it. Um, another name on the list is one we talked about last week as well. It's Isaiah Likely of the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, we know Mark Andrews um, on injured reserve here. Ravens have a bye week in in week 13, but still rest of season. Isaiah Likely, a, a decent option here. And we got to see his, I guess, second game of the season now without Mark Andrews and uh, still feel very uh, encouraged about uh, Isaiah Likely going forward here, Nate.
1: Uh, yeah, was a lot of kind of what we expected in this first fall game without andrews since andrews was injured fairly early on in week 11 so we saw likely sit, play almost that entire game our uh, playing time is pretty much what we expected he basically didn't leave the field and 11 personnel or 12 personnel uh, the ravens use a decent amount of 20 personnel which means no tight end on the field that's typically how andrews got his break and that's similarly how likely got his break uh, the only difference in how Andrews unlikely saw their playing time is in 21 personnel. Uh, Andrews was playing roughly 80% of the time in 21 personnel were likely split that w- workload with uh, Charlie Kolar. So uh, that's typically a run situation anyway. So not a huge deal. Uh, he ended the day with four receptions for 40 receiving yards, not a great game. And against the Chargers defense, you would have kind of hoped for a little bit better game, but, in terms of tight ends off the waiver wire, um, he's the one that's a clear starter. There are plenty of other players in rotations, not seeing nearly as many routes. So I think Likely is has a higher floor than a lot of other tight ends off the waiver wire and has more upside just based on what we know this Ravens offense is capable of doing and what we saw from Likely at times last year.
0: Nice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um... All right, next name on the list. And look who is back. It is Chigazim Okonkwo. Um, look, hey, he's back on here, Nate. Are you feeling a little bit better about him? I know we had the, the Josh Wiley scare uh, a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago as well. But uh, again, could be a nice matchup this week um, with six teams on a bye. How you feeling about uh, Chig Okonkwo this week?
1: This is another one of those cases where I'm adding a player to the list specifically for the matchup this week. It was a case where I was trying to put things together and then realizing so many players either are injured or have bye weeks. And with the six teams on bye weeks this week, I knew I needed to include a tight end who is available in a lot of leagues since there are so many tight ends that are on bye weeks this week. So Conquo is coming off of a decent game uh, cut. Uh, more passes and I think had a season high in receiving yards this past week, but his was still part of a rotation. They're still using four different tight ends with Wiley taking a decent amount of that receiving role as well. Uh, The big thing here is the Titans are playing the Indianapolis Colts this week. Indianapolis has allowed the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends this season. So, uh, good matchup for him a chance for him to at least get a couple more catches put up a decent amount of yards so not someone that I'm really high on for the rest of the season it's just specifically I know there are plenty of tight ends that have a bye week this week and so plenty of fantasy managers might be desperate for one if you don't have one on your bench so a con someone who is available in a lot of leagues and can be a one-week filler
0: Let's hope so. Let's hope Chiggy can get back on track here. Um, all right. Last name on the list. It is Greg Dolchich of the Denver Broncos rostered in about 5% of ESPN league. We've only seen him in in two games all year. Last time we saw him, I think was week six um, or so. But we uh, expecting Greg Dolchich back here, uh, Nate, for, for the last part of the season.
1: I'm at least hopeful he is. He kind of fits the same uh, category as some of those running backs that are handcuffs that we talked about at the end of the running backs. It's just, if you're at a point of the season where you aren't really using your um, bench players for any other reason, then it's good to pick up players who have a lot of upside, but a very low chance of reaching that upside. And this is one of those situations where he's missed most of the season, but he was putting up pretty respectable numbers as a rookie Um, the Broncos could use another weapon in the passing game. We don't know exactly when he will be back from injury, but the Broncos have one of the better schedules for tight ends in the fantasy playoffs. So uh, he has some good matchups. So a lot of things need to go right. He needs to get healthy. He needs to get the playing time when he is healthy and needs to be able to take advantage of that playing time. But if those things happen, then he could be a top eight fantasy tight end during the fantasy playoffs where a lot of other tight ends We know exactly what they are, what they're capable of. Um, It's going to be the same situation that they've been in all season long, so you know that they're not going to be a fantasy starter. They would need to have just a random good week that you wouldn't be able to see coming. So this is just an example of if you want to take a shot on a player on your bench because you aren't happy with your tight end situation, he is someone that has very
0: high upside with a low chance of reaching that upside. I like it. Um, yeah. And look, Broncos, probably the hottest team in the NFL right now as well. So maybe getting Dolch back is just another weapon to add to the offense there. And uh, yeah, could be somebody that uh, we never know, maybe surprises people here um, down the stretch. Um, all right. Let us go wrap up our waiver wire targets for this week um we do have a question from the comment section nate um it, we want to put that up here um to, to close out the show before we go into our uh, our non-fantasy football um draft here to close out the show but the question comes in from josh who asks would you trade demario douglas and christian kirk for amon ross saint brown it's a 20 team ppr uh he's got lamar jackson uh, jonathan taylor aaron jones tyree kill dj moore travis kelsey and christian kirk decent bench assets as well with demario douglas don'tavian wicks gerald everett and jameson williams that is a nice squad to put together here for a 20 team league so how are you feeling about uh, th- this potential move here nate I think I would definitely take Amon Ra. He's been
1: so incredibly consistent this season, week in and week out, where Douglas has the injury right now. Kirk's been a little more up and down, especially with Zay Jones back and uh, Calvin Ridley playing better these past couple weeks. So I would definitely get Amon Ra. I think he's going to be a much uh, better asset on the team, even though you might be starting Douglas and Kirk at times. But
0: Amon Ra and some other
1: players still going to be better than Douglas and Kirk.
0: I like it. Yeah. I, I always look into upgrade and, and yeah, getting an Amon Ross St. Brown in there as well would be very nice. Um, Josh has another question. Josh also in a 16 team PPR league here, and he wants to know, uh, would you trade uh, Jamar chase? I guess that's Brees hall, Keaton Mitchell and Khalil Herbert for Keenan Allen and Justin Jefferson. So again, 16 team PPR roster. Um, he has Will Levis, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamar chase, Isaiah likely Brees hall and Khalil Herbert on the bench.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how we got so many good players on one <laughs> roster. I'm assuming this is the Dynasty League where things have gone very well, although ideally you would have yeah. said Dynasty League. But, uh, yeah, I probably would trade if you can get Keenan Allen and Justin Jefferson at this point. but.
0: There you go. Nice job, Josh, Uh, building a very strong roster there in some deep leagues. You love to see that. Um, And it is redraft, he says. So there you go. So uh, just did an excellent job drafting there and building that team uh, throughout the league. So very good job. Um, All right. That is going to wrap up the uh, fantasy football portion of the podcast. Nate, it is time for another five round draft here as we go head to head in random things, drafting, extravaganza we still don't really have like a solid name for this thing so um we last last time we did the uh best nfl players to ever wear the numbers one to ten um so i i I win that one so you get the first overall pick here and we're going to purple characters this time so um i Oh, we got another question in here. Hold on. What's (laughs) uh, all right, Peter? You you got it. Hey, there you go. You got an IDP question. Uh, Miles Garrett is questionable. Is Jonathan Greenard a good pickup or George Karloftis? Okay, so um, yeah, Miles Garrett day to day with the shoulder injury. It sounds like he at least has a shot to play um, this week art has been fine. I think the one that I would probably look at is George Karloftis. I'm going to look at matchups really quickly here um, this week because th- these guys are... Karloftis has not been amazing as far as pass rush metrics go, but he has played a ton, which has been really nice. Um, so it's given him um, some opportunity there. So Packers offensive line has been pretty good solid but um i think i still think i like uh, george Karloftis this week just for overall playing time he played i think something like 85 86 percent of uh defensive snaps this past week so i would be going uh carloftis if you need a backup for miles garrett if miles garrett plays hard to bench him though that that is a tough one um to sit so i think i'd still be starting miles garrett if he's if he's active all right, now back to the uh the five round draft. And and people still feel free to to drop questions in there and uh if you have them we'll we'll answer them here as we draft. Um but best purple characters Nate. This one was tough. You've been on a kind of a winning streak here with the the color characters. Um I think you've won two in a row on the color side. I think I, I can't that remember exactly. Pretty, yeah. yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> um so you get the first overall pick here. Did you did you have any trouble finding purple characters because I kind of did?
1: Oh yeah, since we've gone mostly with characters who are that color but also some that are just very associated with that color so that gave at least a couple more options here and i with the first pick um there are characters that are purple that are a little more for children and a lot of characters who are associated with the color purple but uh, there is at least one character who is purple that we can be a fan of and that's thanos in the mcu the big villain of the first big saga of the mcu also purple in the comics which helps and sometimes if there is a purple character in the comics and they adapt them for live action they don't always stay quite as purple but thanos definitely fits in the purple character
0: he absolutely does yeah this is uh this was a very good pick obviously um so my Pick for purple character also um uh, from comic books, and I mean the Joker is is going to be my purple character. He's got the purple suit, right? He's that's what he's most known for. Obviously, he's worn other things in there as well, but you, he could definitely be associated with the color purple here. And uh, yeah, interesting. We got two comic book villains that are purple. um Not a ton of heroes wearing the color purple, but there there are a couple we might get to um in a little bit. But I feel pretty good about the Joker here. It was it was either him or Thanos that I knew I was going to get here at at two. So um, yeah, I feel feel okay about it
1: those were my two but my tiebreaker was just thanos is purple where the joker is just associated (laughs) with the color purple so that was my tiebreaker (laughs) there um the next one i'm gonna go with just because i want him on my team is waluigi waluigi the mario character who uh has Ben, one of my main characters, particularly in Mario Tennis, uh, played tennis back in the day, so enjoyed Mario Tennis at Waluigi with his long arms. I enjoyed him in that game. Uh, I've used him plenty of the time in Mario Kart as well, so uh, Waluigi's not always the best character in Mario Kart, but I still enjoy him, so wanted to make sure that I at least got him on my team.
0: Yeah, that is that is a strong pick. Um, I had Waluigi third on my list here, and now the rest is kind of uh, a jumble and I don't really have a specific order for it. So I think I'm going to go with I think I'm going to go with Darkwing Duck. Um, If you remember the the animated series from um, back in the the 90s, um, that was a a very popular one for me as a kid. So I I always enjoyed Darkwing Duck. He was like a superhero um, in there as well. So, uh, yeah. Darkwing Duck going to be uh, my my second overall pick here.
1: There, I'm um, next. I'm going to go with Grimace, the uh, character from the McDonald's commercials and whatever else McDonald's has done with Grimace. And with what, all that stuff with grimace shakes this summer i'm just hoping that i can jump on those viral moments from like what four or five months ago at this point but still uh, very much a purple character though so wanted to make sure that i got a decent number of people on my team that are actually purple and not just associated with the color purple
0: yeah grimace is is a good one and i'm not usually a big fan of like the the meme trends that go on but the the grimace shake meme um that was going around was definitely one of the funniest um and and more creative memes that i've seen out there it was really good stuff uh by the people that 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 put those together um always made me laugh so grimace yeah grimace a nice call there um all right my third pick oh man okay so now yeah we're really we're really tough here i'm gonna go you know what let me know if this one counts I'm going to go with Donatello from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He is known as the purple Ninja Turtle, right? He's got the purple bandana, obviously, um, Donatello. He loves machines. um, But that is going to be my third pick if it's allowed. I I feel like it's associated with the color purple. Yeah.
1: We'll let it go Um, with the green (laughs) characters. We got so many complaints that we didn't include any Ninja Turtles with green. But it's like, which Ninja Turtle do we choose? The Ninja Turtles, if we take one, then we feel like we're leaving the other three out. But in this case i think it works out nice nice but um you were asking if something counts so um i'm gonna go with the count from sesame street for oh, my nice. next pick going with the word count there very but nice i'm there are plenty of uh characters for children that are associated with the color purple which it's surprising that there are so many specifically for children where all these other characters we could think of plenty of people that Uh, Weren't necessarily for quite as young of an audience, but I think the count is fun and there are also videos of the count censored on the Internet and those are also fun. So
0: (laughs) actually are really funny. I forgot about those videos. Um, Yeah, nice job. Uh, All right. So uh oh man now i'm thinking about those videos and, and and yeah uh um all right my next pick as far as purple characters go i think i will go with uh if you ever watch the 60s batman series um with uh, adam west and burt ward uh there was also a batgirl on that show it was yvonne craig um she wore a purple bat suit and uh yeah i was always a big fan of yvonne craig uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that but she is uh, she'll be my fourth pick here <laughs>
1: I will also go with um, a bit of an older character. Not quite that old, but I will go back to the 90s. I've uh, used Power Rangers as my picks for a while since I'm a big-time Power Rangers fan, and I feel like this is another good opportunity, and I'm going to go with Ivan Ooze. If you remember from the first Power Rangers movie, hmm. um, Ivan Ooze was the main villain in that. A very purple character in that as well, so got another character who is definitely purple, but leaving a number of uh characters available at this point but i want to make sure that i get a power rangers at least every couple of <laughs> ones of these drafts
0: fair you got to represent uh and and yeah i news i like that um all right my last pick here and like you said yeah there, there's still a couple options that we didn't touch on um yeah it's it's tough I, there was like some pokemon in there i think mewtwo was one of them yeah. i might maybe go there i also but you know what i I, i'm gonna keep going back to to the childhood here because i got Darkwing duck i got donatello i got yvonne craig's batgirl um i'm gonna go with uh, spyro the dragon from the playstation series um if anybody ever played the original playstation i'm sure they've remade those games and had like different versions of them beyond playstation one but that was one of my top uh, ps1 games was uh spyro the dragon so uh we'll put him in there um and show him some love so Uh, That gives you Thanos, Waluigi, Grimace, uh, The Count from Sesame Street, and Ivan Ooze from Power Rangers. I got the Joker, Darkwing Duck, Donatello, uh, Yvonne Craig's Batgirl, and Spyro the Dragon. So we'll see if I remember to get that up this week um, no I'm kidding I will try to get that up this week uh, so that people could vote on the Twitter poll but that is going to wrap up uh, today's episode of the PFF Fantasy Podcast we thank you all very much for tuning in and listening um, please don't forget to like and subscribe to the PFF Fantasy YouTube channel while you're here we greatly appreciate that um, Nate thank you for coming up this big list of players uh, for people to choose from heading into a very crucial part of the fantasy football season uh, so for people that are looking for more of you and your work what else you have
1: up on pff.com this week sure so i have the recaps to all of the games that have happened this past week also have rest of season rankings that went up today Uh, we just went over the waivers Um, as long as i'm not dealing with too many people in my mentions mad that we didn't pick barney i will have the fantasy rankings (laughs) for this upcoming week Um, up later today and then an article form tomorrow and then it'll be starts it on thursday as usual
0: yeah, you're gonna be fighting off a lot of Barney believers um in in the mentions this week. But I I was never a big fan of Barney, but that was that definitely would be a top purple character that that came to mind there. Um and then yeah as for me i'll have the idp fantasy report up on the website uh this afternoon that'll have all of our idp waiver wire targets in there as well um and then yeah i'll be back tomorrow with the weekly idp preview podcast uh and we will be back with kate on thursday previewing the offensive side of the ball we didn't do it uh last week because of thanksgiving so apologies for for missing that one but again thank you all for listening and until next time peace out